learning to relax deeply into your life and into your orgasm and into your body is really the only thing we got to learn to do. And it seems very simple, but the process of learning to relax into your most natural state, it's kind of like as you descend into your being, it's like you can come across all the glitches and the blocks and the conditioning and all of the little kinks that you kind of put in your system to avoid feeling pleasure, um, to avoid, sorry, to avoid pain. Between you and me, right where you are right in this moment is exactly where you were meant to be. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. I am your hostess, Elena Harder, and I am so glad to have you here today. If you are an awakening woman, a conscious mother, a woman on a journey to bring about the best for your family and create an enlightened experience of being a child and a woman and a mother and partner in your world, I absolutely I'm so grateful and so glad that you have found your way here. This podcast collects not only my own personal stories, things I would have done better had I known better, but also the beautiful stories of many hundreds of other women and men who have been through the consciousness awakening journey, who are here to share their stories, to inspire you to know that you can recover from mental health challenges, from postpartum depression, from challenges with traumatic births and just the life in 21st century, as well as beautiful, actionable tips, exercises where we walk you through practical things that have really helped us and the journey of becoming a joygasmic mother, one who handles absolutely every challenge with grace and ease and understands that everything is here to awaken her deeper, to create more empowerment and more pleasure in her life, even the challenging things. So that sounds juicy. Listen up because we've got a wonderful episode for you today. Of your body and yourself. Anything is possible, and especially we are here to tell you that deep and fulfilling love is possible and is available for you when you choose that for yourself. Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. Today's guest is... Annie Moritz and Annie and I met in Playa del Carmen in the winter of 2019 and she is a powerful beautiful woman and I felt super inspired to connect with her. Today we share an incredible conversation about many things in the awakening journey how to become a better manifester, what some of the challenges of starting your journey of manifestation are, the importance of sovereignty and claiming your own power back, why people get caught up in addictive patterns and challenges around giving their power away, some of the beautiful journeys of travel that she's engaged in in the last year, even though COVID-19 is happening, she has been traveling all over the U.S., having really exciting, beautiful journeys there, and a wonderful story about the ecstatic nature of the wind. I hope you really enjoy this episode, and I am wishing you all the best. If you love the podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend of yours or leaving a review on iTunes. When you do this, it absolutely helps me reach more people and share the wisdom of 
the joygasmic life and living as an awakened sovereign human being. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the show. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to invite you to check out joygasm.me for your free guide to planning and having and experiencing a joygasmic birth. We cover the challenges and some simple scripts to use with challenging relatives or partners or birth team members who are not listening to your desires and needs. We run through a really simple pre-labor checklist to make sure you've got absolutely everything you need, as well as diving into some of the inner deep work of limiting beliefs, limiting identities, and limiting concepts that you may have inherited from your family, from the culture at large, and how to go about deprogramming those from your experience so that you are able to really have the birth that you dream of, whether that is in full-out joy, orgasmic, or orgasm. Uh, you know, sort of a full body orgasm as your child is born, or whether that's as simple as just really connecting to the joy of having your baby join you in your life very, very soon while you're laboring and utilizing that to speed up and support your willingness to participate in the giant intense process of surrendering to the beautiful energy of all that is that happens when we are in labor. I'm absolutely so excited to share this with you. And again, you can just head over to joygasm.me for all of the information. Also, the updated links are in the show notes always. So please head over there and check that out. I so appreciate it. This podcast is made possible by mothers like you who have chosen to show up, listen, and support the podcast. So if you are really enjoying this, if you have listened to more than three episodes in a row, I'd absolutely appreciate it if you headed over to that website and participated in the pay what you can economy of this podcast, which allows you to financially support and help me create more and more episodes. I'm also happy to hear from you. There's a beautiful little feature uh, on the podcast where you can actually send me a voice message or where you can ask a question. And I'm happy to interview, reach out to, and connect with anybody that you feel would really have a fantastic story or a great piece of insight. So if you've got a question about pregnancy, whether that's about puking all the time or low energy levels, I'm here to gather the information and bring that together for you. If you're curious about low energy levels, I already made a podcast about the challenges of glyphosate in our diet and how that absolutely limits our potential and our capacity and what you can do to get it out of your body. So please go check that one out after you're done listening to this one. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Okay, so welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. Today's guest is Annie Moritz, and Annie's path to awakening was an unusual jolt into the unknown, but led to the most liberating access to the limitless potential within herself. She then went on to find the perfect healing modality to help others access the infinite field of creator source potential. Ooh, that sounds juicy. And she found that in that as a reconnective healer. She lives supporting people in their journey in awakening, meeting them where they are at, and only suggesting as each individual journey is their unique own. She founded Gaia's Healing Community, located in upstate New York, where she has her studio and land to create amazing events for the community with other practitioners as well. Welcome to the show, Annie. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Elena. <sighs> Great to be here. 
Yeah, wonderful. We were just connecting a little bit before the um, the call. It's really wonderful to hear that you're still traveling. So this is being recorded April 2021, and you've been on the road for a couple of months with your son um, in a, like a travel trailer, something like that. So where are you at now? Yep. We're in Utah. We're uh, visiting the Big Five National Parks, and uh, we just did Bryce and Zion, and Zion is just so, you know, like, it's like fire from the earth. It's so red and beautiful and all that stuff. So um, then we're heading over to Capitol Reef and Arches and then cross country. So we've been doing, um, we've been traveling since December and we did the East Coast real quick and then the West Coast. And then uh, we went to uh, Kauai, and Mount, uh, Kauai and Hawaii. Then we came back, we did all of Arizona and Sedona. Oh my God, I've never been to Sedona. That was just amazing. The vortexes of energy, whoo, that was intense. And uh, <laughs> I was like, so I was in like heaven in Sedona. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the best place ever. And um, then we uh, went to uh, California. We went to Palm Desert. That was so hot. I didn't realize how hot that gets. And then uh, we've come up here. So yeah, we've been enjoying our trip and really enjoying uh, being out in nature, connecting with Gaia and really, uh, you know, loving our time, uh, you know, hiking and being, breathing fresh air. Wow, how wonderful that is, you know, so. And that oh my gosh! In New York. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I know. We just went through winter, and we were expecting twenty-five foot snowdrifts. It's just like cra a little crazy, but we had a really easy winter here. And yeah, after many years of snowboarding, it was a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, I would say the sauna was our saving grace. If you're gonna winter, yes, like somewhere cold, but like get a sauna because that like heat is really like it's really nourishing and the infra far infrared and stuff like that. But it so beautiful that you were able to to travel and to choose to do that i remember we met at the world schooling summit down in mexico a couple years back um which was really incredible yeah it was like right sort of right before everything started closing down with covid and i remember this feeling of like oh my god i've met like other families who are like me and who are traveling the world and so it's really inspiring for me to hear that you're still traveling like you didn't you know maybe you went back home for a little bit regroup figure out what's going on but then after that uh, I mean, I remember when we were down in Mexico, you had this whole like uh, Southeast Asia, like island hopping thing sort of planned. Yeah, um, South, Pacific. Guess, yeah. South Pacific. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 So I guess that, that changed plans and you decided to hop around the US instead. Yeah, I, I went and bought a used travel trailer and said, let me try this. I have no idea if I'm going to like it because I, I camped as a kid, but not really, you know, extensively. So when, yeah. um, when we uh, got it, I was like, okay, let's try this out. And uh, you know, it, there's a learning curve for sure, you know, uh, but <laughs> the US is big and is beautiful and there's so many national parks and so much natural beauty right here in the United States. So I was like, um, cause my soul like is always calling to be with Gaia, with the, with the planet earth, right? I call her Gaia <laughs> and I, I just cannot be with her. You know, like in the winter in New York, you're isolated, you're stuck inside. You could go walk outside in the cold and stuff like that, but there's only so much time you could spend out there before you're freezing. So, um, so, so to me, like to be able to walk on the beach in the middle of the winter, it doesn't matter if you're not swimming, but you're able to, you know, ground right there on the beach. You're able to touch the trees. You can meditate outside while you know your back is against the tree like all these things that are just so important to me I was like I can't I can't stay home I just can't do it like I am such a, a an adventure oriented person when it comes to being out with Gaia 
Um, and I think that's because also like, I do think this is my last round here on this planet. So hmm. I really want to experience it fully before I have to go. So, uh, because like, I don't, I feel like I'm a visitor to this planet. I don't feel like I was like, this is my native planet. So, um, so it's important to me to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing Gaia to the fullest. And, um, and I enjoy bringing my 12 year old and experiencing that. And at the World Schooling Summit, it was so great. All the kids got to get together and see that, you know, this is, this is another alternative that is possible. And I think thinking outside the box is the most important aspect of it, you know, really saying, okay, I can't go to New Zealand and I can't go to Russia. What can I do? And let me mm -hmm. try it and see if it works. If it doesn't, well, you just come home, you know, I mean, there's always options. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we spent a good chunk of last year staying with family on an acreage sort of in the woods and that was really beautiful but then when we knew it was sort of time to plan that journey to get back up to Canada uh we just hopped our family in the van and we did a lot a lot of sort of like uh nat national forest camping uh you know like sort of backcountry stuff where there isn't development and there the campsites weren't closed because there aren't campsites but there are free places to camp and so yeah we were living on our solar panel and hauling water and i've been hauling water for a while now but thanks for muscles <laughs> right <laughs> you guys are good i i like <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I need full hookups uh, at my RV site, you know, like I haven't gone yeah. off the grid yet, though there's yeah. a lot of land, uh, federal lands available everywhere. Like even here in Utah, right by Zion, there's tons of land available where you, if you're efficient and you have solar panels and you can do it, then you're, you're good to go, you know? So it really depends on, yeah. you know, I would like to do boondocking at some point, but not this trip yet. Probably maybe my what? next trip or so, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's your first trip. This was, I think, Dan's third or fourth year, and he'd been doing it for a while. So oh. I just sort of like hopped onto what he'd been doing. He's like, uh, we're going to need more water jugs and a bigger solar panel. And it was sort of like a little bit of an adjustment, but not like, not the the, the huge adjustment of going from like a house life to, to total van life. And we had done some the year before as well. But it was incredible was to great. be out in nature and just like in the wild. Now, you said something back there about, this being your last lifetime on earth and not be from this planet like tell me more about this this is like something really fascinating in my life so i want to hear more so so um well i had an awakening experience about five years ago i had always been like um spiritual and and stuff like that and actually was raised catholic and then now i'm not catholic because i you know like religion is too restraining in my opinion but spirituality is, is I think the key. So what ended up happening was when I awakened fully, my higher self took control of my being, right? So my mind was no longer able to like do its nonsense of programs and, you know, stories and stuff. So, you know, it had to deprogram itself really. And so my higher self was like, um, I, I always felt very astral. Like I was always projecting into the universe, wanted to be in the universe, wanted to be out there with, you know, the infinite source creator. And, um, and you know, even like, uh, you know, uh, people that did readings, they would say, you're too astral, you need to ground, you need to be here, you need to be present in this life. And I was like, well, out there feels so much better. Like there's something out there that's mine, not here, right? And they're like, no, 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 you chose to come here. You need to do your duty. I'm like, okay, okay, all right, all right. So. So my higher self told me that, you know, I would live for a certain amount of time and that this was my last journey here. So, mm. and I don't know if you've ever read the materials of um, the law of one by Ra. Um, I've read some it's a of very it, popular, yeah. yeah. 
so um, so you know, I believe I'm a wanderer, and a wanderer is a a being from a different dimensional frequency that has come to Earth for a um, what they call a harvest in there, but we call it an ascension process. So, um, and I was shown through my awakening process that you know I was a bridge that was going to help the you know the collective move on to the next density or dimension um, to be able to uh, you know get into a higher plane of consciousness. So um, I understood the mission, I understood what it is, and, and I'm happy to do it because like that's what brings me the most joy is talking about, you know, and, and you know, awakening and ascension and being a collective conscious that actually loves and cares for each other and cares for the planet and cares for the well-being of all humanity and the human and the planet itself and all the animals and everything else. So um, so when I was told that, I was like, okay, then I for sure have to go see as much of this world as possible because like, if this is my last journey here, and it doesn't mean like, I might not come back here in the future, future, I don't know, you know, but like in the very near future after this death, I won't be returning. I feel like I'm from a different solar system and a different dimensional frequency. And, um, and it, it's good and bad because sometimes I feel isolated because I don't see and feel as many people that are like of the same vibrational frequency. So, um, but as you awaken, you understand that there's no judgment with that, that everybody's journey is their own. So you have to kind of let, yeah. let that go and just say, they're going to meet me where they're at and I'm going to meet them, you know, and I'm going to meet them where I'm at. And that's all there is to it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's okay. Um, yeah. Not everybody wants to wake up. Like not everybody wants to, they just want to live their life, their human existence. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I that's been something that's come in more and more the further along that awakening journey I get where it's like oh like people can be themselves wherever they're at not everybody has to like sit on a mountaintop and meditate or reach kundalini orgasmic bliss or whatever you know the epitome of that is um those are two of my favorite uh but not everybody needs to do that like that's not why everybody came to the planet on this round sometimes it's like working out karma sometimes it's just like atoning for past experiences sometimes it's just like see what it's like to be an unawakened not super passionate human on the planet i'm not sure if i really believe that last one but it's okay some, if they choose it you know? are passionate about their, yeah i mean some people are passionate about their basic lives right their jobs their careers some are artists, some are, you know, like, so you, so we can't say that that is not meaningful to them because it is meaningful to them, you know, so, so, and, and that's okay. If that's what their journey is and that's what they want to experience and that's what they came here to do and that's okay. Um, other, others of us, so I feel like everybody is enlightened. We're all enlightened because our higher self is the infinite creator source energy. So we have never been separated from that. What happens in this illusion, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I believe this to be a holographic experience, you know, we pop into this and create this experience so that we, can, the, the creator and us can have a, a, a human type of experience so that we can uh, have a, a perception of what's going on. And everybody's perception, perception is, is very different. So no one person has the same experience because their perception is involved in that experience. So. So the whole point of it is that you just come in to have this experience and, um, and some people want to reawaken. They want to remember who they were. And when they reawaken and they do remember who they are, then that causes kind of like a, 
initially a dysfunction within humanity's uh, correlation of how they're going to exist on this planet because now they know they're infinite and now they're stuck in a body with five senses and and all these types of things where they have to reassimilate like oh my gosh i'm i'm potentiality and yet i'm stuck in this very unpotential body to a certain degree it does have a lot of yeah. potential in what it can do like tantric yeah. orgasm right that's awesome and uh, potential so, yeah <laughs> lots of potential everybody, everybody, everybody has that potential like the human body is wired with that potential it just is it like does it fascinate you are you curious about exploring more do you have the opt opposite symptomology where you know intimacy is really like constricted or life like the sensation in your body is more towards depression that's how i got into it i was like god life sucks like let me find something that's inspiring it's like oh it turns out like infinite orgasmic potential is inspiring to me great keep keep after that for the next decade see what happens it's like oh turns out i'm more passionate and happy right um but right. not everybody's into that not every, like everybody has their own passion yeah and the awakening journey can be really challenging for people absolutely and depending on how you awaken right like for me uh, uh i awakened very abruptly so um the universe decided hey you need to wake up and i know you're on this journey but you're not waking up fast enough because you need to be of service to others. And I was like, okay. So, um, you know, I was trying to wake up, you know, and I, and I was pretty, you know, spiritually evolved, but not to the point that I needed to be to be able to help others and help myself, of course. And so what ended up happening was I, um, I came home from a, a woman's retreat in LA that was really intense and wonderful. And a week later, I had this constant, like, spinning sensation, like the world was moving underneath me and it would not stop any time of the day not even at night not when you laid down it was horrible i was like what the hell is this right and um went to a doctor they couldn't diagnose me I went to a neurologist they couldn't diagnose me um they're like you're gonna need an mri you might have a brain tumor and i was like holy shit am i gonna die like wow i didn't oh expect this and yeah. yeah so then i had to go through all this detachment right like detaching from life, accepting death, detaching from my children, detaching from a young child that was at that time, I think seven or eight years old. And that was yeah. like really, really, really hard to be able to say like, okay, if I need to go, it's okay. And everybody will just have to fend for themselves in whichever way possible and, and accept that. That's super, super <sighs> hard. But the, the whole thing oh with gosh. awakening is you got to die before you die. That's one process. There's other processes of awakening that are much easier. Like you know, Eckhart Tolle, you know, he was about to kill himself and then he awakened, right? This Kundalini rose and it was like, hey, you're not dying anytime soon, dude. You have service to others that you need to do. So, so for me, like the 90 days happened. The only thing that actually brought me any type of like um, peace while I, the, all this movement was going on, it was uh, being outside in the fresh air, sitting on the grass, hugging the trees, being with nature. That was the only thing that brought me some level of like tranquility was in that process. And um, I had had an eight week trip uh, during the summer to, to try out this, you know, this, I, I didn't know it was called world schooling back then, but this, you know, let's see if we can school on the road kind of thing. And um, so the doctor, the neurologist like, go, don't worry about it. Like, you know, I mean, all I can do is like put you on massive steroids, which will probably screw up your system. Uh, or do this and that. And I was like, nah, you know, I'll just wait it out and see what happens. And, um, and we went and did that and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I, I talked to my son. I was like, hey, do you want to travel like during the winter months? And we'll just leave school, you know, like homeschool. 
And he said, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's go do that. And, uh, but in that process, I, I had to withdraw from so many attachments, so many programs that, you know, like if I had to die, it's okay. Like, and even to this day, like I, in my, in my being, like if I die, it's okay. If, if my body feels pain, I'm going to feel that pain. That's not something you can omit from the experience, you know? Mm. Uh, but, um, so, so we went on and then we, we you know, we, we went to Asia for four and a half months, the year after that. And then after that, we went on a cruise and the cruise, I also got a concussion on a water slide. So like, you know, I keep like getting smashed up with like things that come up. And then I was like, um, I got off the ship and the rocking didn't start. And it was like the other rocking, but way worse. So they did mm. diagnose it at that point. It was called mal de débarquement syndrome, which is a French word, it's bad disembarkment syndrome. And um, yeah, so I, so now I do have a diagnosis and I go in and out of uh, remission um, type thing, but there is a medication I can take, so that helps. But, but I say it stays as long as I, it needs to teach me something, you know? So like it's, it's teaching me something. Ironically, whenever I'm on the road traveling, it usually goes into remission, usually within a month. Mm. So it's like, mm. I know that I'm supposed to be with the grid, with Gaia, um, because uh, one thing I am is I'm a grid worker as well. So like I activate the planet and the planet activates me. So we have a, a, an interconnected uh, connection that is an activation um, because mm -hmm. there's ley lines and chakras all over the planet and they're uh, special locations that create a vibrational frequency within the planet. So um, I know I'm supposed to go to them because when I'm at them, I feel really harmonious and really at peace. And um, it's like a, you know, a, a connection that's very important. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that feeling of like, gotta go, like you gotta go, you gotta keep moving. You gotta, you know, and sit, sitting still too, not, too long and not listening to those impulses, that intuition. It's like, yeah, like that, that'll create disharmony in the body because your higher self knows there's a journey to be had. There's an adventure to be had. There's some grid lines that, you know, need any integrate integration in their specific right. unique form. Right. And, right. and so when you follow that, and I think so many people end up sort of like unhappy or unsatisfied in their lives because they have these, Oh, I should go do that. And then something stops them, whether that's like their sense of obligation, their sense of, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. The kids are in school, the blah, 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 um, or like grumpy co-parents or whatever it might be, things that stop them from sort of saying, yeah, we're going to go do what feels most inspiring and most called. So it's really interesting to hear that there is a correlation that you've observed between sort of like stationary living, maybe even in a city or, or in some sort of space and, and the resurgence of that versus like being on the road and being in that big flow it's just sort of like oh everything calms down and, and your your body's more harmonious for you absolutely i think what holds people back is fear and once you've let yeah. go of fear once you've awakened and you let go of fear you're limitless you're like whatever i'm gonna go and now i do tell myself the mantra uh you know our, our safety is guaranteed our safety is guaranteed that's my mantra so yeah. it's not like I'm being foolish and saying, oh, I'm just going to go do something that is, you know, especially dangerous or something like that. Um, no, I just, you know, I take precautions and I figure out what's the best avenue. And then I say, my safety is guaranteed. And, and uh, you know, and so, because uh, it's just, you know, me and my son and people are like, you're traveling alone as a woman. I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? You know, like uh, uh, I can do anything I need to do. And if I don't, I'll just get someone to do it for me. You know, like it's, it's okay. And 
So I think fear is the biggest uh, detriment of humanity and, uh, and, and people that live by fear are not serving themselves. They're not serving their higher selves. They're not serving their, their joy that they can be experiencing in this experience. This life is supposed to be a joyous experience. It's supposed to be a, 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 a jump into a reality that you're creating with the infinite creator and experiencing it. So does the infinite creator want to experience like a really boring life? It will, because it's in every single human being and everything that exists. But or does it want to, you know, enjoy a, a joy-oriented life? You know, I would think the joy-oriented life is a better movie. It's going to have better ratings. You know, people are going to want to experience that. So, to me, that's like why yeah. not try to do that? You know, because, and then you know, and then people always say when they're on their bed dying or they're you know the last moments, they look at their regrets. Don't have regrets. Live your life to the best of your capacity in the joy that you want to live. So when you die, you say, shit, I did yeah. everything I want to do. Like, I'm happy, you know, and, um, you know, and, and releasing that because so many people, it's, it's just fear-based and it's just so sad, you know, and, um, yeah. and there's no right journey. There's no right journey. Like no one can say, oh, this is the right path. You need to do this. You need to do this. No, like everybody has to look within themselves to see what are they willing to take. And you have to take that first step. You have to take the first step. You don't take the first step. You're never going to get there because you're just going to sit in that seat and not go anywhere. So it's important yeah. to take the first steps, even if they're small. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, and and everybody's first step is going to be different. Like for me, I, it was like my first trip, uh, first trip, like with my son, you know, doing sort of what you're doing is like, oh, let's travel because that's what I feel inspired to do. And, you know, I, Alex was 10 months old. I just gifted half my stuff to to like a mom who lived down the street, put the rest of my stuff in storage at my parents' place, bought a plane ticket and was gone within a week. Like, wow, you're brave. That was it. Ten you know, old. I was living in a <laughs> shitty house. It didn't, 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 does it, well, it was either that or keep living in a, co a house where people were selling cocaine and everybody was an alcoholic. Oh, so, yeah. you know, uh, like a, $400 monthly rental in Mexico seemed a lot safer, right? Yeah, and, yeah for sure. Um, and yeah, nicer, right? It's interesting now, like, sort of way nicer, like way nicer. It was like October and I was like, God, my fingers are like freezing as I'm pushing the stroller, putting my baby to bed. Like, how am I, I do, all I do for bedtime is like walking him in a stroller. Like, what am I going to do, walk laps around the house in the stroller? Like, house isn't big enough for that. What am I going to do? So, yeah, it's just sort of like wherever you're at, you know, it doesn't have to be the next logical step. It's just the next step that gets you out of mantra of like um, safety is guaranteed. Mine is like, we're always safe. We're always safe. We're always safe. And I've literally said this to my son so many times that when I sometimes fall back into fear paradigm or, oh, don't do that. It's not safe. Be careful. You know, he'll be like, mom, I'm always safe. And I'm like, right. <laughs> and you literally like, I've seen him do some, like, I've seen him like roll down a staircase and like come out of it totally unscathed because his, his thoughts are so clear in that. I've seen him like, we like crashed a golf cart once, like we came out unscathed. You know, I've had enough experiences like that in my life where it's like, actually we are always safe. And even when we had no cash and we were living in Mexico, like people came and gave me smoothies and fruit and water, like spontaneously without me asking them. It's like, wow like when you have those kinds of experiences it builds that trust that you're always safe and even like going into the grocery store like now it's like oh like I know I'm always safe and I know there's other people who are like <gasps> you know panicking in their masks doing their like grocery shopping thing worrying if we're too close to each other and it's like 
we're just human beings. We're fine. Don't worry about it. Like worst case scenario, you die in this lifetime, your eternalness like learns a lesson and moves on to the next incarnation. Um, and right. when you're operating from that place, things seem a lot less scary. They seem a lot more uh, like, well, let's see what happens. Let's give it a try. You know, we move out to this property and it turns out to be a flop. Well, we'll find something else. Like it's not the end of the world. Whereas and I think once you've started to get into a little bit more of more momentum with that in terms of like travel mindset, you know, travelers really are kind of a different breed in that they've been, they've been they were willing to take that first leap and then they continue to take those sort of intuitive movements along with. And I do think it can be more challenging, you know, if you're fully invested in house and job and school and, you know, like deep friendships and places and stuff like that. But if people are feeling alone and lonely, like the traveling life is beautiful and it's, there's like friends to be made everywhere. Yeah, and people, like we manifest our reality at every moment and, and those that don't believe that, like they're still living in their victim stories, you know, because, oh, so-and-so did. No, you actually created that reality for an experience. Um, hold on, I think this thing is uh, dying a little. Let me get my other ears. I think you just hung me up. <laughs> technical difficulties and an awakening life. Annie will be back shortly. <laughs> she just hung up on me. She'll be back. <laughs> that was so funny. That was so funny. I think you hit like the hang up button or something. I don't Woo! know. I'm not, I'm not technically advanced. <laughs> I may be awakened, but technically uh, wise, it's a, a little bit more of a challenge. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Let's see if this will hold. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, good. so uh, okay, so we uh, so I, I forget we were talking about traveling and oh yeah, you were in Mexico with your ten month old and uh, yeah. yeah, like manifesting our reality, right? Like everything that we need can be can be manifested. So all we need to do is focus on it and think about it, and it'll come to us. And um, the more we we uh, practice the muscle of manifesting, the faster and more accurately we manifest. So, um, so when people give up their victimhood and say, okay, I'm just a product of society. No, no, I, I'm a product of myself. I'm a product of what I create and what I want to, you know, uncreate. And then I can manifest my reality by projecting into the universe what it is I need. And the more accurate I am, the more that that's going to come back to me exactly the way I want it. And um, like, I'm, I, I'm such a good manifester. I can usually manifest within 24 hours. Like I could say, wow. I want to meet, yeah, I want to meet someone that's going to like, you know, I'm going to be able to connect with and, you know, I want that a ASAP. And then the next day yep. I meet the person and I'm like, Hey, look, here it is. Awesome. You know, or, or, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, you, 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 you manifest something that you think, Oh, you know, I don't even know if this was within my reach, but you know, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And then it shows up and you're like, huh, this is fantastic. And, and it's all because back to like what I do, which is reconnective energy, uh, reconnective healing. It's all about energy. There's nothing in the universe that's not energy. So energy is going to create itself in the way you want it if you focus on that energy, because like in all the, the, you know, the experiments they did, you know, where our attention goes is where the energy goes, right? So we are creating our reality. And if you think it, about it the way I think about it, and nobody needs to think about it this way, but this isn't the way I think about it is, you know, if we're in a holographic existence, I'm projecting a reality, right? So I'm projecting a reality. So as I'm projecting that reality, I'm creating that reality in every second, every moment in this reality and any other reality that might exist. And so with that projection, 
I'm creating my reality. And the more we understand that we are projecting the reality, the more we're able to control it because we're, we're not like a child just kind of like experimenting with blocks and figuring out, oh, I can build and then I can break it, right? So as, as you become older and you're saying, okay, I can build these blocks and then I can take them apart and I can reconstruct them in a different way. So that's just like energy. You're taking energy, creating it a certain way, and then you, you're deconstructing it and then you're creating another one and, and you just keep creating and creating. And, and um, when you know you're in control and you're sovereign, then you know that you're the only one that you have to blame if it's not working. You, 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 you know, you can say, okay, and you don't even have to blame yourself. You just say, okay, that didn't work. Like you just said, that didn't work. I'm going to try something different. It's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, so, um, but when it comes to like also energy, like people wait too long to, when they live in their negative oriented feelings and then that gets into their auric field. And then after it gets into their body, then that's when disease happens, right? So mm. it's, important, it's important to not let it get to that point. You know, changing the programs, changing the thoughts and creating, cleaning that auric field and keeping that energy uh, going because um, that's the most important thing. And that's why reconnective healing was so important to me because reconnective healing was the modality that made the most sense to me because it simply says we're tapping into the universal um, uh, infinite energy of the universe and the creator force energy. So it's not saying, oh, you have to put, pray to this or you have to pray to that. It's just saying mm. everything is the universe and we can mm -hmm. tap into that energy and, um, and you can feel it. It's very easy. And I can show you a little later, like a little energy uh, game we can play to see if you feel it on your side. And, Absolutely. Uh, and people, yeah, and people just like, when they experience their healings or their reconnection. Now the reconnection is interesting. The reconnection is I connect your, um, uh, your uh, meridian lines to the ley lines of the planet and to the astral field. And so you become connected to all that is and it's over a two day process. So I have to do it one day and then the next day and I'm just connecting all your points. It's actually very systematic in the actual way you do it. Um, but I don't do that lightly. I don't do it to anybody that's not ready. Like I have to really, like I've done a healing, I get to know them because once I put them online, it's not me putting them online, it's them letting themselves be put online, but I'm doing the process of it. Then yeah. they like, their life explodes into this magnetic, energetic type of experience and they start living their full and complete life. And, but it's a huge shift. Usually it's a huge shift in their reality. So, um, so, but it's, it's so interesting because I, I watch the people I've done the reconnection for and I'm like, huh, look how interesting that is. Their life is like totally turned around and like, they were already on the path, but they really like accelerated really fast. Like they took a, a spaceship into next, you know, into the next universe. And they're like, whoa, you know, I'm experiencing this much more intensely and beautifully. And uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. And uh, I like it because I used to do Reiki and I got my, you know, my master two and all this stuff, but I didn't like all that placement of hands on people and stuff. You know, I'm like, if energy knows what it's doing, we don't need to be touching people, you know, unless we want to, because I do love massages and all that good stuff um, or craniosacral, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, but, but like, uh, I just felt it was an e easier way to interact because people are more relaxed when you're not touching them, right? So when you're not yeah. touching them and you're doing energy work, then I think they're more receptive to it. So, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry, I went on a yeah. couple different tangents there. <laughs> 
Oh, it's totally fine. I, I'm remembering that you talked to me about that ley line energy meridian thing when we were back in Mexico. And I remember being like, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, you know, sort of yeah. like, oh, that's exciting. But like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> Just yeah, like it's... chatting about it. Yeah, it's like right back to that particular moment in that particular day where yeah. we were sitting. It's, it's also too, it's like, we're all just energy vibrating. I forgot to say that we're vibrating at a frequency, right? So vibration and energy are the two components of all creation, right? So, so the vibration is so important. So that's where like, when you're manifesting a reality, anything that's not within your vibrational frequency is not going to come to you. So mm -hmm. if you're vibrating at a really low rate, then you're just going to keep repeating the same things again. So the important thing is to shift your vibrational frequency so that you can start manifesting more of what you want in your reality and uh, mm -hmm. slowly but surely get there. And, and um, it's funny because like when you're vibrating a certain frequency, uh, people that are not, you know, supposed to be in your sight or in your, in your, um, in your journey, they simply won't appear because they can't, they don't want to come into that vibration. They're uncomfortable in that vibration, you know? So it's kind yeah. of like an automatic, easy way of just living your life because you're going to, you're going to attract what you're vibrating at, you know? So, um, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's great that way. Cause then you don't have to be like, Oh, sorry, I can't be your friend because you're, you know, you're too negative and it's too hard for me to be in your presence, you know, it just automatically happens. Just, there's mm. a kind of like a clear cleaning out that happens. Ah! see that happens oh. <laughs> it just shakes everything Oops. up and anything that's not like clear and like supposed to be there just, just goes flying it's an earthquake it's an earthquake <laughs> so uh, oh, so what would you what would you say to somebody who's like maybe new in the manifestation process or they've like tried it a little bit and then they get like really uncomfortable things show up you know they go they, they go like okay I want this I want this I want this I know this used to happen to me a bunch when I was sort of earlier in that process I'd like start amping up my energy and then I get like really painful things along with really juicy things and I'm just kind of curious like what your advice would be to somebody who's in that position I think uh, uh I don't think we need to relive our traumas all the time. I think that that kind of sets us back to a certain degree. So I think the most important part is to just to energetically, uh, the energetic vibration of modifying your, your, your energy field is more important. Like I think, like I can talk to you all I want, but in the end, what's really gonna amplify some type of, um, some type of, you know, whatever it needs to happen is going to be an energetic exchange. So, so if, if we focus on the energy, like clearing out our energy field, like I am a very big supporter of cleaning your auric field every day, you know, just saying mm -hmm. I clean, I clear my auric field, any energy that's not mine, I bless and I return to sender, you know, and you just kind of, or you say, I send it to the, to the ethers, you know, to dissolve and dissipate. And yeah. so you just clean your field so that your field can really, because we are electrical beings, right? Our bodies are made of energy and an electrical force. And we have chi and we have, uh, you know, points and meridians. And if we get those meridians and points blocked up, then we're not going to be able to move our energy properly. And then that's right. when our body's going to start having disease, right? And going to be set back because it's not feeling well. And and if our body doesn't feel well, then, you know, sometimes it's a catalyst for change and for um, awakening. And other times 
there's no awakening because we focus too much on the pain and we can't get away from the pain. Right. So, so it's so super important to just like energetically. Then I always say, like I learned from um, one of my teachers, uh, you know, to bring in the white light into my field. So, you know, I am filled with the pure white light. All that is good comes to me. All that good, all that is good comes from me. And you say, just say that, and you can use crystals if you want to amplify the energy. So you bring that energy into you. And the more you mm-hmm. do just simple energy work, the more you will rebalance that. And then when something negative does come up, like, um, you know, the dark nights, you know, the, 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 the memory from childhood that wasn't resolved and your inner child is still pissed off about it, um, then you, you can work <laughs> through it because you have some tools on how to bring yep. that calm energy into yourself, you know, how to restore it. So you acknowledge it. You say, I'm sorry. We're not that child anymore. It's okay. You know, like we forgive that person for doing that for us. We understood the lesson we had to learn and it's okay. So now we can move on. So I think that's the most important component is just like letting go of all those things without putting too much meaning to them, because obviously putting too much meaning to them is what got us in this place already. And yes, as as a child, we couldn't process it. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our fault. We were children, you know? Um, And uh, and let's face it, as soon as we walk into this world, we get programmed, program after program, word after word, you know, like the whole energy field is like zapped out of us slowly but surely over the years. And we're learning, we learn to just live by program, you know? And so then we have to reintegrate all that as we, you know, get older and everything else. So and it's difficult because the world has so many different paradigms of what it expects humanity to be look like, you know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. There's so many, I don't know why that was so funny to me. You're talking about like childhood wounding. I'm just giggling. Like, but it's probably it's like, activating something. <laughs> it's just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. you were talking about that and I was like, Oh yeah. I got stuck for like maybe two or three years in this, in this like, oh, I know what's happening, right? So it's like, oh, like something challenging arises. And then I go, oh, I know what's happening. This is the past thing from the past or from my ancestors or whatever. That's what's happening. You know, and in that, there's sort of like an egoic mindset thing that says, I know what's happening, therefore I'm in control, but not actually addressing it, not actually feeling it, not actually, um, you know, integrating it you know, saying, thanks, ancestors, I know you're wounded, but that doesn't mean you get to live through my body and my life. Like, thanks, childhood wounding. Like, I understand that you were really challenged in that experience, but that doesn't mean that you get to run my life, you know, and I, I see and hear you and I love you and I can hold space for whatever sadness needs to come out. But there is this place, and I, I got stuck in it for like a couple of years, where the idea of like, oh, now I'm now I know something about healing and I know why these things are coming up, but not actually doing something about it. Just sort of being right. like, ah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know why it's happening, you know, and like that was good enough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a life like life does. And, you know, you had a really fast version. I had maybe like the more slow sort of like, uh, like step by step. Yeah. <laughs> spend two years in this phase and three years in that phase and four years in that phase or whatever. Um, but yeah. that really let me see, oh, okay, well, you, the same stuff will keep coming up until you actually deal with it. And for people who are like, ah, oh, like every time I try to, you know, manifest what I want, or every time I try and move towards my dreams, the same thing comes up. It's like, well, if the same thing's coming up, you haven't really fully dealt with it. 
you know, and, and there's this idea of like cyclical, it's cyclical, so you'll come back around the same themes, but it shouldn't be this exact same issue. If it's ex the exact same issue, I think it hasn't really been dealt with. Right. Similar, similar issue and maybe like a slightly less challenging version of it or something like that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, shutting off the mind is the biggest challenge of all things. There's no other challenge that's greater than. Yeah, uh, most certainly like our higher selves. So when, when I first awakened, you know, shutting off the mind is the biggest challenge of all things. There's no other challenge that's greater than that, other than, you know, maybe health issues, but we're not going to go in that avenue. So deprogramming the mind to understand that the higher self is now in control is a huge power struggle between the mind and the higher self. And the higher self is an infinite being. It knows exactly everything. Like you don't have to read a book to know something. It will download that information. And some people call it from the Akashic. I call it from the universal intelligence, like whatever. It can download any information you need. So the mind has to deprogram itself and learn to comply with the program that's now in place, which is the higher self is in control of your journey. Mm. And what ends up happening is the mind which, you know, we were, we were talking just a little on Facebook, but like, you know, uh, uh, meditation is the key to that because meditation starts training your mind to silence itself, to be quiet, to, to understand that it, it has a purpose. It has this place. And without it, we wouldn't be alive because it controls all the functions of our body and does all the automated things that we needed to do, but it needs to stop thinking about every single option that's available to us that we don't need to know about. Like our higher self can decide what needs to be done. It doesn't need to like go, oh, this is the fear base. This is the, the positive base. This is the in-between base that, you know, like all these different things that it tries to give us. And I remember one time when I was early in my journey, I was carrying groceries into the house, which most people do. And um, my mind was like, mm -hmm. you're, you're carrying too many bags. You're going to fall and trip. You're going to fall and trip carrying all these bags. And I, so I like stopped right there on my sidewalk. And I said to myself, mind, how is this helping us? You're creating a fear-based fear story that we are now going to manifest because we're a great manifester. And we are going to fall because you're saying this garbage to me. I'm like, what is the purpose of this? This is ridiculous. So I sat there talking to my mind and my higher self, you know, it was, it was hysterical. If people were walking by, they'd be like, whoa, she's having a moment. But I was just <laughs> like, you know, and so I had to train my mind this way and say, you're creating fear. How is this helping us? How is this creating mm -hmm. our reality? Right. And finally, my mind started shutting up and it started, you know, cause I had been like a doer all my life. And um, so my mind was very important to me and it was very, a very important aspect of my, you know, my success. And for it to have to take a step back and allow my higher self to guide the way, it was a big undertaking, you know? And um, so th that's, I think, the biggest, like, one of the biggest keys to awakening is your mind becomes secondary to your higher self. Mm -hmm. Your higher self takes control of the journey and takes you through the journey. And um, because your higher self is now, you know, giving information to your mind, your mind is actually able, able to manifest the reality because it's able to focus more narrowly on, on the journey instead of like all these options that are available. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the key is really just like letting your higher self take the, the, take the space. Also, our bodies are infinitely intelligent. They know what we need. So we don't need to be like, 
too worried about like, oh, is our body, you know, going to reject this or is it okay with this? And our bodies know what to do. It's an, you know, like, and if we let our higher selves just kind of collaboratively work with our minds and our bodies, there'll be a harmonious energy constantly flowing through all three. And if you have that harmonious energy, all things will just go the way it needs to go. And sometimes if something comes across you that, you know, what you would say is negative, there's a lesson to be learned, like you said, there's a lesson to be learned that we need to experience and it won't be able to move on till we've kind of like learned the lesson from that experience. Um, mm-hmm. And once we take accountability for every lesson that we learn, instead of saying we were a victim, we say, oh, this is what I learned from that. I'd like to yeah. play the victim role. You know, I like to be victimized. I like to give my power away. Been and now I understand that. that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Like- you know, <laughs> Yeah, I did it for 20 years in a a marriage, you know, and then I realized like, holy shit, like that was a long lesson to learn about giving my power away, you know, and not Mm -hmm. believing I'm a sovereign being and that I would create my own reality. And so once you empower yourself back into understanding that you are the one infinite creator having a human experience, then you can simply say, okay, how do I want this experience to go? How do I want to see it? You know, and and then you start slowly but surely creating that. It's not something that, you know, is like, sometimes it's spontaneous, but those are the far and rare in between people that are just like, you know, that they awaken their Kundalini rises in a spontaneous moment. And it's like a radical change. A lot of people that experience that are near death experiences. Yeah. Um, but like, really, like they've seen the light, you know, like they've actually died and they've come back, which is considered like a shaman, you know? They, they come yeah. back and they're like, whoa, this is intense, you know, and that's a radical change uh, that happens very quickly. They almost say sometimes two people, like, it's like two different people, like one person died and another one was reborn. And, and, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, uh, different gurus talk about that, like you de- literally die and are reborn many times to create your journey. So mm-hmm. are you familiar with the, uh, the concept of walk-in and, and it's yes, very similar to yes. that? It's really fascinating. Yeah, that that is a little different than what I was just talking about. But walk-ins are when the soul is ready to leave, right? And they they willingly are willing to leave. And then another soul comes in. Instead of wasting the body, um, they they come in and um, they have an integration period usually. And then then that person, that other soul takes over. Because uh, another concept that a lot of people don't think about is we are all fractal souls. So that means there was the one infinite creator and then there was many original souls that then were fractalized into smaller pieces and those smaller pieces broke into smaller pieces so when they say we are all one we are all one because we are all fractals of each other and in in the geo you know yes exactly right so it takes 12 fractals 12 fractals to make one flower right one whole and mm-hmm. once you collect 12, then that can that gets integrated into the oversoul system, which is the soul that collects many fractals. And so then, then you get into this um, collecting of your fractals. So when you meet someone, you're like, shit, I know you. Like, where I don't know you from this life, but I know you from somewhere. And your souls automatically know each other. That's your fractal. That's a fractal you're collecting. And they're collecting you because your fractals. 
and it's ca it's causing the all as one to continually to happen so it's an amazing experience because you're like wow this is we are all one because we're all interconnected we're all fractals of each other and uh the more we realize that the more we have this collective consciousness awareness that is so important for our ascension and our ability to transform into higher frequencies of vibration because you know, I don't know about you, but like, I would prefer that there isn't poverty in the world. I would prefer that there isn't illness in the world, you yeah. know, and the, o the only way to transcend that is to vibrationally change that. Um, we can't mm. change it on a, on a physical plane just by, you know, thinking it. We have to vibrationally actually accelerate that consciousness into that realization that there is no sickness, there is no hunger. And mm. um, because, you know, I, duality sucks in my opinion you know i'm i'm tired of duality <laughs> it's like so boring you know it's like come on have we not evolved enough to be able to get to this next plane uh so oh. but it's hard because when you're awakened you can't judge that right you're like ah you know but but you still feel it like you know it's it's part yeah. of you so you're like ah you know you're not blaming any one person you're just saying you want to go past that because it would be funner yeah. <laughs> Do, do you have a sense of like what's beyond the experience of duality and whether that's capable of being anchored like in this earthly plane? Yeah, so in the materials of the law of one by raw, um, he talked, he's a collective consciousness that's talking to us. So he's not yeah. one person, he's a whole society that is, I think, like either fifth or sixth uh, density. No, it's not dimension, but density. And mm -hmm. he's collectively speaking to us through that uh, consciousness. So that, so the more we tap into the collective web of consciousness of the people here on earth, the more we are able to transcend into a higher frequency and into this more collective uh, universal uh, creation. So it's super important for us. That's why energy work is the key. So I can talk to you and I could talk to, you know, a thousand people. And, you know, I might energetically amplify something in them that is going to project them onto their path of their journey. But if I, you know, um, lay down and meditate and send my energy into the collective web, and, and I do this, you know, like several times per week, I say I send my, you know, the love and light energy into the universal uh, realm and into, not to the, sorry, to this planet, anybody on this planet, anyone that's willing to accept it. So I'm just sending it and it's free floating in the web. And anyone that wants to accept it now has a portal that they can grab onto and take if they so wish and desire. Now, my energy is the same energy as source energy. So I'm not special in any way. It's simply source energy talking through me saying, here, I want to give this to anyone who wants to experience it because they might mm -hmm. need a little, little love light energy right now. And so it's so much more important to work at the energetic level than to work at the, the, the verbal level. The verbal level is so limited by our abilities because words can only create so much, you know, they, they have a vibration to them, but um, they're limited, you know, but if we can transcend that energy field through, through the collective and through each other, my God, that's so powerful. You know, you put one person with work doing energy work, you put 12 people with energy work, you just like, you know, it's like amazing how much more projected that energy is just because you had 12 people. It's not one mm -hmm. times 12. It's like 12 times 12. It's like 144, mm. you know, like it's, it's an amazing energetic type of thing. So, so the energy work is really super important. Mm -hmm. and, and energy really work is not, nothing complex, you know, it's super easy. It's just tapping into it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's many, many schools of thought in terms of 
how to work with managing that energy. I'm really curious that you, you mentioned this 12 thing tw a couple times. And uh, I remember when I was hosting joygasm groups live, we were tapping into like joyful energy and then sexual energy and just like doing this sort of like energy play in between people. 12 to 14 people maximum ever at my events. I had a friend who was doing tantra work and, and she'd have like 40, 70 people. And I, I didn't seem to matter like how much I worked at it. There was always this like 12 or 14 people who showed up at an event. And I'm just kind of curious, like, cause you've mentioned this 12 a couple of times. So I'm like, hmm, like maybe there's a reason for that. Well, if you look at the flower of life, right? So that, so, you know, geometry, right? The geometry of all things, you know, but the flower of life is 12 petals. And um, someone actually told me about this. They, they, did, they did the Magi reading cards and he told me about the 12 petal, petals and how we collect our 12 fractals as our first circle of fractal beings. So we collect those 12 fractals. Once those 12 fractals are collected, they automatically are integrated into the oversoul. And the oversoul, interesting enough, I was at the LA Consciousness Expo a couple years back, uh, and I got picked to talk to Bashar. And Bashar is a, uh, extra, okay, yeah. so you know who Bashar is, right? He's an extraterrestrial being that comes in through, I forget his real name. It's so terrible. I don't know the real guy, but I know the Bashar. And so I asked yeah. Bashar about the oversoul system because I told him, you know, I don't feel like I'm really from this planetary system on a vibrational frequency, uh, you know, and then he started explaining the oversoul system that we have for this planetary system and how we're fractals and we integrate integrate together and then we get you know brought into the oversoul system which means we're when we get to the oversoul oversoul system we're um we're working at a higher vibrational frequency so um so we've actually raised our vibrational frequency by collecting our fractal souls now the funny thing is with the 12 is there's always going to be a few I'll call them freeloaders. So they really don't believe in anything spiritual. They may be completely atheist. They don't care about shit, but they, because they're your fractal family. And I don't mean family, like in a, a, a biological mean, I just mean like spiritual means they get to get the free ride because that's okay. Cause they, their, their journey this time was to not believe in anything. And that was okay. Mm. And so they get collected too, and they get to go with you because you collected all 12 and you're all good to go. So yeah, 12 is like the, the, you know, the theme that comes up always with, you know, the flower of life and, and uh, uh, you know, and the 144, they say that originally God fractal, well, God, the infinite creator source, cause God has too much connotation to certain religions, but um, fractaled itself into 144,000, which were the original guardian angel souls that started the consciousness revolution of experience. And then those got fractaled again and those got fractaled again. And the reason we're raising our vibrational frequency on this planet right now is because the children that are born probably in the past 20 years or so, maybe 30 are um, new souls, meaning they have no karmic entanglement. So they're mm. fractals that aren't entangled in karma. And so they are able to transcend uh, the duality and they are already raised at a higher vibrational frequency. And they're the ones that are actually raising the vibrational frequency on this planet in an outstanding way because they already have the vibration of fourth density in them. So we, as you know, light workers, grid workers, wanderers, uh, whatever you wanna call yourself, we are helping 
the older groups or the ones that aren't the little children try to upgrade their vibrational frequency. The kids don't need mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. they're just waiting. They're buying time till the collective has raised their vibrational frequency enough that we can transcend as a whole planetary system. So, um, so that's why they're like kind of in their zone. They're kind of like, you know, I don't really want to do that or I don't want to be doing this or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, they're, they're very different than, you know, people that are like 40 and up, you know, it's a totally different paradigm of, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you think it's it's really fascinating to hear you talk about that? Because I I had this piece come through recently that one of my jobs on the planet is to help create enlightened families and Mm -hmm. working with moms, working with like them and their partners, if they've got partners to sort of like reduce their trauma load so they don't pass it on to their children. Um, And so hearing you talk about like enlightened or like not enlightened beings that's not the term you used but like fourth density children coming in who don't have a connection to that previous karma like in the way that you know we think of the wheel of karma as like you just keep going you keep going you keep going you keep going and it's infinite um which has always kind of like boggled my mind and irritated me a little bit when people say you know (laughs) it's a lot of work it's gonna take forever you gotta you gotta work at it it's like gosh like maybe it wouldn't take so long if you didn't keep propagating this idea that it was gonna take a really long time and gads of lifetimes and turns out there's like buddhist philosophies which my partner studies and they say you can do it in one lifetime you go great like finally sign me up right (laughs) right it's like somebody says you don't have to take ten thousand lifetimes to become enlightened like sign me up on that path absolutely and so it's interesting to hear you say oh this is my like probably my last lifetime on earth like there's all these new souls coming in that aren't connected to the karma um do you think that that sort of that not connection to karma has something to do with um sort of like the prevalence of rates of autism and uh, sort of like what, like the crystal children. Do you right. see a correlation and a relation there? I know it can be a tricky topic, so feel free to pass if you don't want to. No, I think that, you know, a, a lot of um, the children today are, they're not fitting within the mold of the programs of 3D, right? So when yeah. they don't fit the mold, we label them, you know? Right. And interesting enough, that the most interesting aspect of my awakening is the syndrome that I have that is here to, you know, awaken me further is a, a, a maladaptive neurosystem. So my neurosystem maladapts. It believes that I'm in motion when I'm not in motion. And mm. when I'm in remission, of course, I'm not in motion, right? So, so it's interesting because I think about it and I'm like, well, you know, to, to the world, my neurosystem is maladaptive when I'm in, in session, you know, when I'm having my syndrome active. Um, who's to say that that is the wrong way, right? Because uh, when I'm in movement, I feel great. So gravity is a problem to me. Because if I'm mm-hmm. anti-gravity, I feel great because I'm not feeling. So like if I go on a boat or if I'm not touching the ground and I'm in space, then I feel normal see so like so to me that's Uh, the fun so it's all just what the world has set as a program and they think that that's the path but I'm sorry as soon as you get out of our space like gravity is not it's very dense and and very you know like we 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 can't actually 
live there because the gravity is too, you know, it's, there's no, hardly no gravity and our bodies can't deal with that. So we were made for this planet, but there's just so many programs and so many things. And I think that that's what happens with the kids is we label them this, we label them that. Um, we're the ones that are programming them from day one, ball, yeah. red, food, you know, like we're labeling everything, right? You yeah. know, and, and they don't know a tree is a tree till you labeled it a tree, but before they knew it was a tree, but they just didn't have a name for it. They knew what it was. Yeah. They could see it. They could feel it. They could smell it. You know, so yeah. it's all those programs that, you know, and so I think that, you know, the children, you know, whatever it is they have, it's a gift in, in however they, they choose to use it. Us interfering with their journey by telling them that this is the way it should be. This is how you should think of it. This is the way you should do it. We're limiting their ability to become something more than what we all have been in the past. Like, mm. you know, like we're limiting the potentiality of the future. But that's why I'm yeah. so glad that these kids nowadays say, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like it too bad, you know, because yeah. they're going to be the change that happens in this world because they are not encumbered by all the programs that we want to give them. Now, I can see in my 12-year-old that the programs are starting to take hold of some of mm. the things and I want to deprogram, but see, he's mirroring something to me. That's like, okay, you can't, you know, you can't just control other people. Right. So if he wants to be in the program, that's his choice, even though it's opposite to what you want to be, but you know, you have to respect that because he, it's his journey. It's not my journey. You know, mm -hmm. I'm experiencing it with him by observing it, but so it's very fascinating the things that come up uh, with with that whole process of like uh, what what is brought to you in your reality and the kids I don't think we need to, I think we need to worry about what we do what they do is totally fine I think if we just step mm. back and let them be I think that you know they're gonna teach us a lot of stuff absolutely I mean I've learned so much from my son uh, I'd love to I'd love to dive into that just briefly and and see you know like you've got a 12 year old you've been traveling sort of for the last couple of years and you've been on this awakening journey you said it was he was seven and he's now 12 sort of when you had your boom wake up like what has changed right. in terms of how you parent and and how you're looking at at him and your guys's relationship since that wake-up experience it's interesting because he, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm awakened, but it's always a process because I have a 12 year old and my 12 year old is always re, re making me reevaluate my thoughts and ideas of what I think is awakened. Right. And so it's a constant projection of a mirror in my face saying, okay, this is, this is what he's saying to me and not what I believe, but it's like, I have to reflect on what he's saying. And it's super interesting because I feel like um, there's this intricate opposite, uh, completely opposite going on. Like, you know, like I'm looking and I'm saying before I was go to school you know, get a business, make money, go on vacations, you know, like, and now I'm like, I wish I could unschool him. If my state could allow it, like I would be totally for unschooling. Um, and now I'm more into like self-directed learning. Um, and so I also look at like, and I, and I, I listen to him and, and, and I'm like, okay, so this is the journey you're on. And I have to accept you exactly as you are. And so 
so I have to, you know, talk to you about what it is you want to do and how you want to do it and let you live your journey the way you want to do it. The interesting dynamic is that I'm getting a lot of feedback back to me that what I believe isn't important, what I believe is not correct. It's not scientifically based. So it's, it's, yeah, so it's a really tough projection to like take on to try to analyze and say, okay, why is that? And I think it's coming to the the very um, intricate thing of like compassion without understanding. Like you don't even, mm. ha- you don't, you don't have to understand it, but you still have to show compassion for it because that's their journey, you know, and that's my journey. And so it's really, it's, it's super, it's super interesting when you have a close relationship with either a child or a partner and you have to like <laughs> look at it and say, what? I think it's way more complicated than being by yourself. Like being by yourself is easy in my opinion because you just can be who you want to be. It doesn't matter. You know, no one's going to judge you or tell you or, you know. And so, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting to, especially in this time where they're going through all those changes as young adults, you know, they're com- coming into adulthood slowly and hormonally and all that stuff. And it's really like, it, it, it's making me realize how much the world has an influence over everything that's happening. You know, how people and programs are, excessive in in how they are creating this dynamic um the one thing i think is good is they're they won't accept anything people just tell them you know like mm. you could tell them you know this this and this well nah i don't believe that you can't you know science doesn't prove that i don't want that you know like they're not easily manipulated i i feel like as kids if our parents told us you know like my parents told me oh you're going to heaven or you're going to hell or you're going to purgatory and i really believed yeah. all that I really believed all that nonsense that, you know, there was, God was mean. And that he, if you were bad, he was going to punish you for the rest of eternity. You know, I was like horrified. Right. Yeah. It was like, this is terrible. Like, oh my God, what kind of God does this? You know, Uh, he can't be a loving God if he's sending me to hell because I've made some mistakes, you know, Uh, why didn't he raise me out of those mistakes? If that was going to be my end, you know? So, um, so yeah. So like, I think, Nowadays, kids are using their own, because of their vibrational frequency, they're using their own critical thinking and their own Mm. emotional states to come up with their own conclusions. And of course, it's a a constantly evolving process, you know, uh, because if you look back, like, I don't know about you, but I look back at pictures of what if I was traveling when he was little, I'm like, oh, where is that boy? He was so cute. Oh my God, you know? And and now I'm like, oh, and now this one's challenging me at this age, you know, and it's like, but I know that, you know, years from now, it's going to be a totally different uh, paradigm as well, because he's going to be going through different processes and different thoughts and different exchanges, right? So, um, yeah. so yeah, it's, 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 I think as an awakened person in this reality, you have to be more of an observer, you have to observe, mm. and just see what it is that's going on and not take it as something that's, happening to you it's just happening Mm. around you and don't take it personally it's just everybody's process happening you know interdependently uh, uh, of each other and then we're feeling it collectively right because the collective is always changing but the bottom line is Gaia this planet is has ascended to the fourth density and she's not going back to third so either people will have to, she will, people will have to raise their vibrational frequency 
to continue the, their journey on this planet, or they'll have to pick a different location to continue their third density reality. And the only way off this planet, I'm sorry, is through death. There is no other option. doesn't matter how enlightened you are, how spiritual you are, whatever. You, this body will not go with you into the next reality, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, so this, you know, so it's kind of like upgrade or, you know, make your choice. But, you know, it's, a, it's and I think that, I don't know about you. Have you noticed, uh, like, I see so many people waking up. Like, they're really, like, waking mm. up. And they're like, and they have so many questions. I'm like, okay, well, I could give you some answers, but eventually you're going to have to look at your higher self for your answers because everybody's answers are different. But I could give you as kind of like a schematic on what you could look at to kind of plan, you know, uh, to get some information because everybody's information is a little different and everybody's uh, going to resonate with the information differently, right? So if yeah. you're, uh, you know, if you're on a different journey, then you're going to resonate differently, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so it's interesting to see to experience it firsthand with your, with your, you know, children, how it is. And, Absolutely. and, uh, and it goes back to control. How much control do we want? Like, you know, is it, is it, you know, and, and when you let go of control, but then there's something that has to get done. Like, where's the point where you say, Oh, you know, I'm going to put my foot down or I'm not, you know, like, it's really a tough mm -hmm. little line on, yeah. uh, on sovereignty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's when it starts to impinge, like with, with Alex specifically, it's like, he's doing something that hurts me or makes me feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Like my job is to give him that feedback, you know? So it's like, oh, he's, he's getting to be the size where he can't just like plop in my lap anymore. Cause it like hurts my thighs. You know, he's got this like bony little butt. He's like, oh, and like, God, that was a lot of weight just dropped down on my butt. So if we talk about that, it's like, oh, like, you know, being more aware of other people's boundaries and, and bodies and stuff like that. Uh, but I think there's a difference between sort of giving that feedback and saying, no, you can't do this, right? Whereas like the generation right. before us and sort of the generation before that is like, if you didn't listen, like you got beat. It's like, we're not doing that anymore. Thank you. Well, lot, some people are, but right. many people aren't. Um, and, and so then the power comes from the quality of relationship, the fact that your children actually do care about you, that there is a, an, an interplay, like we have a, code, a codependence or an interdependence um, you know, relationship and we need to, preferably interdependence, right? We need to figure out how to make that work for everyone. So if, you know, we just went through this recently in our house, maybe in the last six months, and I was like, gosh, like I'm just grumpy about putting the dishes away every day. That's something that Alex can totally do. You know, we've got this like tiny double sink in our RV. It gets full after a meal. So after every meal, it's like somebody's got to put it away because um, we have a little bit more dishes than fit in the one rack. So they got to find a space if people are moving around, whatever. Um, and right. so, you know, for me, it comes down to like expressing my frustration with the situation and then asking for help. So instead of saying, put the dishes away, I go, hey, I noticed that I feel more resentful about cooking new food when I don't feel like there's collaboration in the feeding cleaning dynamic. So would you rather cook food for yourself, which you're still learning how to do and sometimes burn and sometimes spill and sometimes boil and hurt yourself? Or would you rather put the dishes away? Oh, I'd rather put the dishes away. Great. That's your job now. I'll keep doing a lot of the cooking. You put the dishes away. Right. And then it yeah. becomes more about working together to create the kind of environment that we want rather than, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? No, it's a song. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's learning to be uh, excellent communicators, right? Really communicating uh, at a level that is just about like uh, the facts instead of emotions, right? We're, we always let our emotions catch us. And then we're like, and the thing is, it, it's funny because like when there's a real big trigger, we always go back to that childhood reactive emotion, right? So, uh, so learning to not go back to that is a big process. It's not easy by no means, because when you're tired, when you're grumpy, when you're feeling at odds with yourself, that's when your worst behavior comes out, you know? And I've learned that when I do do that, I need to go apologize, regardless of what mm. the triggers were. I go and apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, like I, you know, and then, and it's funny because um, a couple of days ago, for some reason I was going through, and I think it was because uh, um, uh, Chiron is, is currently in my chart, which is the 13th planet. And, and so I was, a few things came up that I hadn't realized before. And I realized that like his behavior was triggering some of the same behaviors I had with his dad, which was he was trying to control me and take away my sovereignty and tell me how I should think and how I should do. And mm. so, so it was a huge like, reflection back, like, oh my God, this is playing out again. And I don't want to play this out again because I'm done with that. You know, I'm not going back down that road. So, uh -huh. uh, so, so mm -hmm. I reacted very volatilely to it because it mm. was an old program, right? So then I apologized and then I reflected and I'm like, oh, I get it now. So now it can't trigger me because I'm consciously aware of it and I yeah. can take other courses of action towards it, right? So um, yeah. it's interesting how like we can be in this uh, wonderful awakened path and we're having all these realizations and then a planetary system could totally whack us out, you know, or the moon Absolutely. or something or solar flares, you know, like we think we're, we're uh, you know, a, a, a unit onto it in itself. And then suddenly, boom, the universe decides to create something within our planetary system, our, our you know, our planets around us. And it's like, oh, crap now I have to deal with this shit again like I already dealt with this like stuff and and it's like a it's like a awakening is a constant process it never ends so even when you die you're still awakening but it's like a refinement of gold it's constantly yeah. refining itself over and over and over again because it wants to be as pure as possible you know so it, it's it's when you think you've resolved something and then it comes up like ah oh, okay well but you just have to be you know, merciful with yourself and compassionate Absolutely. and, and caring and just say, you know what, what do I need for myself? And sometimes it means saying no to other people saying, I'm sorry, I can't meet your needs. I can't be there for you right now. I have to be there just for myself. And that's the most yeah. important thing is realizing that the journey is within and until we take care of our own self, we can't take care of others, period. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's super important that like self care and the self nurturing and, and the, the kindness, right? Oh, I got triggered. Like, for me, gosh, if somebody, if I could rewind through time, like seven years and go, hey, when you bump into the same thing over, over and over and over again, instead of blaming yourself, practice compassion. Instead of blaming yourself, be kind, be merciful, like you said, just like, oh, here I am again. Okay, what is there for me to learn? What is there for me to explore? How can I, you know, resolve and integrate this in a better way than I did last time? Because clearly there's still some of it rocking around in my body or the stars or, you know, the impacts that happen. 
instead of being like, you stupid, blah, blah, blah. You, how, why are you here again? What are you doing? What? I thought you cleared this and now you're doing the thing and you're still stuck in it. It's like, gosh, I lived like that for like a decade. Turns out yeah. like the answer to that, turns out the answer to that is like compassion. When you're able to practice compassion in that moment, when you catch yourself in something, sometime kind of crazy script like that, it ripples out into all the other areas. You get less crap showing up in your life. You get less self-loathing and self-hatred. Like I remember the day the self-loathing lifted from my chest and it was gone forever. And I never oh, had to God. deal with it on that same level. Like it's just like, whoa, lived right here. It's just like this, this empty hole in my chest. Like it was just gone. And I was like, well, let's just fill it with love. Cause gosh, I don't want anything self-loathing to come back in there, you know? Right, <laughs> super, right. Super powerful. Because the more we work on ourselves, the more we create holes in our field, right? And so mm. we need to fill that with something. So filling that with love is a great way of uh, experiencing that, filling that with light, filling that with compassion so that, that the stuff can come back because that space is already taken. Sorry, you can't come back. Mm. Already, already taken up, you know? So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. and, and it's just a journey. We all need to just love it love ourselves where we're at and move forward from there and you know and uh and if we can't move forward then you know have at least compassion for ourselves because you know like we're, we're all a product of our environment you know and of our experience and um because at the highest level we're all pure souls we're all souls that are very intelligent very compassionate very loving very kind we we all know this at our highest self you know um but we come here for, for an experience. And so the experience would be kind of boring if we were all enlightened and all super beings. We, we wouldn't come to this space. We'd, we'd be in sixth density. We wouldn't be in third density, you know? Uh, so <laughs> we come here for the experience. And, but there's so much wonderfulness in this experience, like visiting the planet, meeting people, connecting with people, you know, having joyous moments. Sometimes the simplest thing will cause you to have this, uh, this ecstatic uh, feeling like to me sometimes just the wind you know like I was uh, I was at Bryce <sighs> two days ago and the spruce trees smelled so wonderful and they were giving off such a wonderful you know uh, pine type of sappy smell and I was just in heaven I kept breathing in so deeply and I was like this smell is like so overwhelmingly heavenly I'm like I was like in an ecstatic state just from the smell and I wanted to be there for like ever. I was like, I don't want to leave this smell. The smell is just, so it's just like something so simple can be so miraculous in your life, you know, and, and bring you to such an ecstatic joy. So it's not, you know, people think, oh, I need money. I need this. I need that to be able to get to this joyous place. No, it's, it's, no. it's internal and it's an express, it's, it's an experience of your internal experiencing the outer world in a way that brings you that uh, beautiful joy, you know? Um, so, cause we are sensory beings. So, you know, sensory, um, it limits our ability to become spiritual beings, but once we attain our, our certain level of spirituality, then we can take our senses to experience the world around us in a more intense and beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think there's a, there's some wisdom in there around learning to deal with our desire for intensity 
in ways that are pleasurable and, and leaning towards intense pleasure rather than intense suffering or intense addiction or intense boredom or, you know, it's like, oh, like if we're going to, if we have a need for intensity, let's meet it through intense pleasurable experiences rather than intense other, any, anything else, just because it'll feel better. It'll, it'll create a more joyful, more pleasurable, more like aligned and magnetic version of your experience. If that's, you know, if that's what you're heading towards. And that's, that's a huge part of the sort of the philosophy around the joygasmic life is like we're meant to feel good explore that and I love what you said about the smell of the, the the trees it's just like gosh you could either be like oh yeah some trees or you could revel in it and really allow it to take you over and take that present moment and be like and just really be in it and love it and celebrate it and I mean that is true of any moment you know, it doesn't have to be in an ex exquisitely beautiful natural space with the most beautiful wind and most beautiful trees. Although it helps. <laughs> that helps. It helps. <laughs> it helps. It makes it easier. It makes it easier to say, yeah, I'm going to say yes to appreciating the beauty in this moment. But there is literally like so much beauty. I remember um, sitting in an airport ter terminal. This is like a couple years back. The... Um, like that the Notre Dame or whatever was on fire the world was like oh my god it's like chaos right um and I was in an airport that day it's the only reason I heard about it because otherwise I'm like totally oblivious to most of the news uh but there was a lady who sat down next to me and we had a beautiful conversation about faith about her religion about like the fact like her knowledge of being always cared for and I was like ah oh. Like even in the most mundane and normal places, like there is beauty just reaching through it to try and try and connect with you. Even if it's the walk in the park, oh, the houses, oh, everything's kind of run down. It's like, there's trees. Look how vibrant the trees are. Like, and choosing to focus on the things that are beautiful rather than the things that aren't working. And it's a surprisingly challenging journey for most people because we're, you know, hardwired as humans to look for the tiger in the woods rather than the beautiful trees, just in case it jumps out and eats us. And, you know, with the cultural programming that most people have been given, it's like everything's a tiger, including the trees, including the cars, including the houses, including the, you know, like it's all somehow out to get you. And you're like, uh, really? Like the house is going to jump up and eat me? It's like, no, it's not going to like... You're, you'll be fine. But like you said, when you were doing that grocery shop walk and you had to stop and have a conversation with yourself and be like, you're creating fear and anxiety. Stop. Look around. We're okay. You know, and I can't, like, there's so much power in looking, like pausing and looking around rather than like, oh, this little bubble that I'm in of fear and worry and anxiety. It's like, oh, oh there's trees right in front of me. They're so beautiful. Magical truly transforming that yeah i mean absolutely like once you become a really good manifester and you're you know and you're on, you're on your path you have to be meticulous with your thoughts and your words because your thoughts absolutely. and your words create reality right so so i can manifest the negative thing just as fast as i can manifest the positive thing so that's why like i'm like very cautious about my thoughts and about my words because I don't want that shit flying back at me, you know? So I'm like, okay, I got to be careful what I, how I'm saying, what I'm saying, how I'm thinking it. And, uh, you know, so it's, because uh, if we're going to take, you know, if we're going to say we're sovereign beings manifesting reality, we're manifesting all of it every second of every moment, you know? So it's like, you know, being cautious about it and uh, 
and you know and sometimes we have to go to the negative to learn a lesson and 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 that's part of the journey you know so absolutely and um yeah it, it, it's it's tough too sometimes because some people like they get into addictive behaviors because they know they're missing something but they don't know what it is and it's really mm. access to their higher self because mm-hmm. a lot a lot of people will do a lot of things that are like alcohol or drugs which are an altered state of being right they're they're altering their state of being to get somewhere where they can feel something different right so that they can Mm -hmm. hopefully tap into that other portal that they want to tap into and um so and sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't you know sometimes becomes habitual and then they can't get out of it you know and um or they can't see another way to uh, awakening further because they've relied on drugs or alcohol for so long that they don't see any other yeah. way of illuminating themselves you know so so yeah. uh you know th- there's no judgment there it's just part of their process you know but uh but sometimes we can be that energy for somebody by just being present to them by being present to them mm-hmm. sitting in their space with that energy and then sharing that energy and then they have a transcendent moment that helps them trigger the next transcendent moment and so on and so on and um, so that's why, you know, the energy component is just so important, just being energetically available to others. Because I don't know about you, but I've gone to cities where I could not handle the energy because it was so negative. I was like, oh, my God, I got to get out of this city. Like the biggest one that comes up is Bangkok. I was in Bangkok and I was like, oh, my God, it was so oppressive. Like I had a hard time mm-hmm. breathing. That's how I felt. Right. Because I'm energetically yeah. in tune to the places yeah. I am. And I was just like, oh, I got to get out. Like, thank God it was only three nights that we had booked there. Cause I was like, oh, I so need out of this city. Um, and you can feel it, you know, like when you're tuning in energetically, you can feel what places. And that's, I, th- I think why a lot of people want that open space that are awakened because they know how in tune they are with their energy field. They want to be in a space where there's trees and there's nature and there's not a lot of people and a lot of arc, you know, like if you think about New York city, one arc field must touch, you know, I don't know. 20 other auric fields because they all live in buildings on top of each other right like so you're constantly interfacing your energy field with everybody else that's around you that's intense to be going on on on, you know constant basis and then we wonder why people in the city are like so systematic with their careers their living their this that it's because they're all on top of each other their fields are constantly touching each other you know how are they supposed to know anything different you know yeah so Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned this energy thing and we're sort of in our like wrap up, wrapping mm-hmm. up towards the end of our, our call here. I'm curious, you mentioned earlier that there was a practice that you'd be open with sharing. We could sort of play and, and explore in that energy space for a bit. Yes. Let me get my stand. Give me one second here so I can yep. put my hands up. Okay. Let me see. I wonder if I could do it lower. Hold it once. Oops. Okay. Sorry about that. Whoa, the world is moving. Okay. So, so let's take our hands and just put them in front of each other. And for the camera purposes, I'm putting them close together, but you can, the further out they actually, the stronger it is. And then just start twirling. This is what the teacher, you know, the, the, the chiropractor that got, he got the um, anatomic reconnection which he now calls the reconnection and his life changed after that so the doctor the dr pearl 
Yeah, Pearl. You know him, Dr. Eric Pearl? Yeah. So that's where uh, I got I, my I training. Never... Yeah. Words. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so he teaches you all these different, you know, gestures of playing with energy. So the further out you go, the more you actually feel it. Now, if you're swirling, do mm. you feel a connection of energy between your palms swirling as you're going yeah. back and forth? Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so that, that's, our, that's our field of energy. That's universal intelligence energy right there at our hands. And what he does and what the healers do is we simply work with that energy with people's fields to open up whatever it is they're willing to accept at this time. So if you're not willing to clear that block from childhood, then you're not going to clear it. But if you're willing to let go of a bunch of stuff, then this healing is just going to transmute it and dissipate it and, and send it away. And then, you know, you just, you just put it between your head. Like, you know, you could put it between your head and you can just feel how that feels in your own brain as you're playing with that energy field. And what's interesting about this energy is you can do it remotely from far away. And sometimes it's way more powerful from far away than it is close by because it's working through the web of energy. You're glowing right now with that thing behind you. It's awesome. Your energy is really flowing. It's beautiful. I love it. You're like a glowing sphere of a star. It's nice. So, so this energy, so, so you have this energy right there. You, you know, you don't need to like come outside yourself to look for that energy. It's right there. You can heal yourself with that energy. Oh, there I go again. And then you, you can work with that energy and do anything you need to do. And the more you call on that energy, the more it wants to play with you, the more it wants to respond to you, the more it wants to do whatever you want it to do. So that energy is just waiting to be explored. And the more you explore it, the more you become in my opinion, more full, because that energy is just transmitted through your being, through your field. And people, when I walk around, people are like, they're just attracted to my energy. And oftentimes, they'd be the person that would be talking this, this, and this, but they just sit there and smile in my energy field, right? And I love it. I just look at them, and I look at, they look at me, and you know, we say a few things, but overall, it's just this interchange of this energy field, right? And it just feels mm -hmm. so amazing. So to be able to just be that energy present for others and for yourself, of course, because that's the most important, then you've done your purpose. Like that's all you need mm -hmm. to do. Like that's all there is to it. It's really simple. It's simple, simple, simple. But everybody makes it so complex, but it's not. And and even Eric Pearl, you know, the, the, the teacher uh, for reconnection, reconnective healing, um, he says, it's not complicated. People make it out to be like, you have to be special. Everybody is special. Everybody has a special place in, in this planet, in this system, in this life, in this journey. And we just have to acknowledge to ourselves that we are special, you know, and then mm. live from there. We're special. What do we want to do with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love, I love these conversations. They're my funnest time of the day. <laughs> good, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, I'm curious before we wrap up here, is there, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to, you know, experience distance energy conversation with you or um, have your guidance, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? 
they can uh, go to uh, my email is Annie at Gaia's Healing Community. They can go on the Gaia's Healing Community uh, web uh, page to get the information. They could go on the Facebook page um, to get some information. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll, at, at the studio, if they're in New York and they're close to us uh, in upstate, uh, we do do uh, different sessions of healing, the reconnection. We do breath work. We have a beautiful sand area where we do a lot of our therapies right on the ground. So we're grounding into Gaia. Uh, as we're doing Beautiful. it, which really accelerates the energy, and um, we do different things there, and, and you know, and we're hoping as as we you know as time opens up and and people are more willing to go and meet with other people and stuff that we'll be able to do more and more things. And um, but you know, everything we need though is right within us for our journey. We just have to acknowledge it and be ready to do it. But um, yeah, they can reach out, and, and I'm happy to help with information and stuff, but. I, I do try to steer people towards uh, learning their sovereignty, sovereignty early on, because when you learn mm -hmm. that you're sovereign early on, then you're going to take the proper steps because you're going to be listening to yourself uh, instead mm -hmm. of exterior things to yourself, you know, but sometimes we need a few little clues and a little a few keys to open certain doors so that we can have more access to the field of energy. And it's always waiting there for us. So it's, it's, it's free free, free service. Just you access it. You say, Hey, energy, I want to work with you. It's like, okay, I'm here. Let's do it. Oh, this, yeah. oh, this energy keeps tipping over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I so appreciate that, that mindset that you share, you know, it's really wonderful to meet healers. And one of the things I love about sort of the alternative healing spectrum versus like a Western medical spectrum is this idea of like, I'm just going to give you a little bit you can figure yourself out and then you'll be good, you know, instead of sort of this like long treadmill of continually dealing with symptoms that don't actually resolve. And it's like, gosh, like when you get back to that core, you know, when you're not looking to a substance to solve you, when you're not looking to, um, you know, to create something outside of you, when you've got that sovereignty and that really that like truth that you are the source of your life, then the capacity for change increases exponentially and the reliance on things outside of you to bring yourself back into harmony is much much lower and that empowers people love it that's super yes. super important absolutely yeah. the guru is within absolutely yeah. annie it's been such a pleasure connecting with you today it's been um just absolutely wonderful and i'm so grateful for all your wisdom and all your stories uh, before we wrap up for today, do you have a like a wild manifestation story that you could share with us? Something really incredible you brought in, maybe within 24 hours, but it could be longer one if you want. I'd love to hear. Um, so so when COVID hit, um, I own a daycare center and we have about 100 children there and I've had it for like 24 years or so. And um, and after our world, world schooling thing, I had to go back to New York a week early because I was like, oh, my gosh, am I not going to get back to the States, you know, and stuff like that. So um, I came back and I was like, hmm, am I supposed to have the theme of poverty? Am I because we were down to 20 kids. So it was like a huge change. Right. And I was like, wow, I didn't think poverty was going to be my theme in this were in this lifetime, because that's not what I'm manifesting. You know, I, I'm abundant. I want to be able to explore, you know, and so I was like, hmm. So I was like listening in to what the universe wanted to tell me. And uh, then suddenly, like the PPP was available. 
And I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be poor. No, no, no. It's supposed to continue on just a different method of, of, of availability for cash and money. Because like, I think money is just an energy, you know, like you put it out there, it comes back, you put it out there, it comes back. It's just this flow, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so I was surprised that the flow was going to stop, you know, and then it didn't. And I was like, okay, so, and it was very fast because the PPP came up fast. We applied for it. We got it in like 48 hours. It was in the bank and it was done. It was like so fast. And I was like, because I was contemplating this reality of like, I don't understand this, you know? And, and so, so like, even in the darkest moments of thinking, oh my God, my 24 years of work and all this stuff is going to be out the window because of this pandemic. And then suddenly it wasn't. And of course I had to readapt and do different things and stuff, but I was like, wow, this is like amazing. I'm like, you know, and, and that's how it always happens. Another one was I adopted my daughter a long, long time ago. This is before I awakened, but I believed in the whole universal back and forth, you know, and I didn't have the money in the bank. It cost like $25,000 to adopt a child from over, you know, from a foreign country. And, but I always knew that it would just be there because I knew that she was my soul child and I had to go get her and there was no other way around it. And mm-hmm. so every time I had to make a payment, the money was miraculously in, in, in the bank. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, see, like, it's always there when, if you believe it's always there. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was amazing. And it was like, so the universe has always shown me over and over again, if you believe you, you will receive. So mm-hmm. just keep believing, but you have to also give into it. So like, I can't hold on to money and be like, oh, I need to keep this money for a rainy day. No, no, I put it right back in there. You know, this person needs money. I give them, you know, like pass it out, do what you need to do, let it flow. And whenever you need it, it'll just come back. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's the key, I think, is just being trusting of that, that it's going to happen because you yourself are doing that. And then the universe knows you're doing that. And it's going to say, okay, just recycling. Like I tell my mother always gets upset and I say, I should win billions of dollars. And she's like, oh, that's too much. What are you going to do with so much money? Like, do you know what could happen if I had billions of dollars as far as economically helping the world be more green, end poverty, do all these wonderful things, right? But, but it, you know, empower people to take responsibility for themselves in that way, not just say, oh, here's a free meal, right? Like, let's, let's make mm-hmm. your farm. Let's show you how to cultivate your, your farm and let's show you how to be, you know, a sovereign being, right? So you don't have to always have mm-hmm. to be waiting for someone. So, um, so I'm like, you know... The, so so there's no limit to it you know when people put limitations on what they need they're just creating a platform that's not going to give them the ability to get to where they could be creating so much more change by doing that right so that's mm-hmm. how I go about it wonderful oh I love that you're like huh do I need to do I need to come to terms with poverty as a theme in my life it's like nope gosh a little bit of that going on for the rest of the world I love it yeah it, it was interesting I was like it. oh is this a theme because I didn't think it was going to be a theme you know and I was like but you have to when something comes up you have to analyze it and just look at it and say is this a story I need to learn like mm-hmm. I don't know and then, and then I was like no oh great because I don't want that story. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep you know oh, traveling around the world and doing all these great things and experiencing life to the fullest that's my motto you know live your bliss live your live your life to the fullest because you got one that's all you know for sure so you know yeah. do it do it yeah absolutely ah! i love it do it Woo! Ah! he stands 
I can't find my my stick, so it's like these weirder sands that keep falling around. Say <sighs> lovey. Yes. Life. Beauty, so beauty, hope, chaos, beauty. Yes. I hope to see you sometime in, you know, in uh, this year or next year. Mm, yeah. If you come up this way, we're definitely happy to have you. And we've got uh, space. We'll see if our, our space is big enough for your big old RV. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. If not, I could just be nearby and we could come visit and stuff. So that would be awesome. So yeah, yeah. it's great. So great reconnecting with you. I love your energy. It's beautiful. And I can feel it. Yeah. And I think I feel much more luminous now just sharing, you know, this conversation yeah. in space and vibration with you. I don't know if I know I how to do that. <laughs> oh, it's just like fingers down and then uh, oh, just fingers like down and up. There we go. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. That's yeah. awesome. I like it. Yeah. Beautiful. Continue spreading your light. I will. I will. Right. Yeah. So looking, thank you so much for your time, Annie. And uh, I'll have you the podcast recording in a couple, like a week to three weeks, sort of as my turnaround time. So No problem. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was great spending time with you. You too. All right. Bye. How easily can you imagine that this experience is integrated already deeply into every cell of your being in such a way that you will begin to notice that you have already been operating from this new behavior for a while and that it was simply a matter of noticing how much you've already been doing this. You may choose to feel that this moment is the moment that completely and utterly into your body. Or in the days and weeks ahead, getting curious about how fully and completely this experience has transformed your life. Realizing that you are a complete choice to choose how you would like to integrate this information. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I know your life is busy and full of joy and challenge because you're a mama. Thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life podcast. And I am so grateful to have you here and be a part of it. If you haven't already, head over to joygasm.me to check out our Joygasmic Birth Blueprint ebook and course, which give you all of the information that you need to become a joygasmic mama, whether you are postpartum or whether you're expecting your first baby, this course absolutely has tips and tricks for you that will help prepare you for birth, prepare you for the birth of your next child, and prepare you for peaceful and joygasmic mothering on the other side. So absolutely the way that we do one thing is the way that we do everything and so by utilizing and beginning to build a practice of joygasmic alchemy you will absolutely become a better mother and hold space as i am and as many many women are for the enlightenment of the planet we do that first by working on ourselves and then offering that support and that enlightened nature within ourselves to our families and then from there it ripples out so if you haven't already checked that out go check that out now again it's joygasm.me we've also got courses on rescuing your relationship bulletproof mom how to be able to handle even the most intense toddler or uh, special needs child later on in life as well as 
a multitude of new courses that are coming out. We're absolutely grateful to get to have you as a part of that. And remember, you, anyone who participates in the funding of the podcast absolutely gets a membership access, which allows you to access the bonus features, the ends of some of our episodes, exercises from our guests, as well as featured free content from them. So super glad to have all of you who are a part of that already here. And thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life family. If I could leave you with only one tip for how to be an orgasmic, joygasmic mama in this world, the invite would be to really step into and embody the knowledge that you are actually here for a reason and that that reason is to be an enlightened being for your family. They chose you for a reason. They chose you on this consciousness journey for a reason. And you absolutely have the tools and skills to be able to do this. If you're struggling, please reach out. I am more than happy to help people rewire what's going on in their brain, create a new story and create a more powerful experience so you can be the kind of mama for your kids that you really have dreamed of. You absolutely deserve it and your children absolutely deserve it. I look forward to getting to know you more and I look forward to co-creating through the membership content. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.